Yeah, it's sports talk from the three bros. Something you can bet on like Pete Rose. And you better not miss it like some free throws. Giving taste is more accurate than Drew Brees throws. And it might get explosive like some C4. We just giving you a look inside the peephole. So if you got a weak take, you better keep those. And get your cheeks swole when you step into the ring with the Amiibos. Yo, 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 we are here. The Amiibos Podcast. Fellas. How we doing? Listeners, how we feeling out there? Thank you guys for uh, checking us out for another week. Uh, We're happy to have you guys with us. 85. I'm feeling it last night, man. I'm feeling it from last night, and I was feeling it last night. Pause. But, yeah, I mean, uh, great night, man. Clemson Tigers came through. How you feeling over there, man? Uh, Hopefully everybody uh, had a chance to check out Jeremy 85's uh, rant on Facebook. And What's that? Wow. Just just wait for it. Wow. Wow. That's how you feel right now. Just just let it into it. Just let it ride. Tigers? Let's go, Tigers. As Jeremy sits and looks into the atmosphere with nothing to say. I I had no clue what this was at first. All right, that's enough. Well, that's enough. That's enough. That's enough. Oh, we gotta okay. get to the court. Right, let it ride. Let it ride. Yeah, we can let it ride. Let it ride. We are the champions. We are the champions. Put it close champions. to the mic. Jeez. No time for Bama, cause we Jeez. are the champions oh of God. the world. All right, look, now let's get into it, baby. My Clemson Tigers. Jared, Jared, how are you? Let's go. Give it to you. Listen, <laughs> hey, hey. No, let, let me get a shit off. What, 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 what you got? What you got to say, Jared? I tried. I tried to show him. Hey, listen, Clemson Tigers, the greatest football program in college football. I, I wow. hesitated to say it for a while. We don't wow. talk about it on here. We can debate it, but I can tell y'all one thing. I know somebody holding up that belt. I know somebody got that belt right now. Who got it? Oh, Bama ain't got it. Oh, no, Skip. No, Bama don't got that belt. No, you know who got it? Them Clemson Tigers, baby. How about them Tigers? That's how I'm feeling. That's how I'm feeling. Jared's feeling feeling great, obviously. Went through a little short rendition of We Are the Champions. Uh, It was lit last night, man. We, we, uh, Jared and I took in the game together. Uh, Shout out to uh, Empire. We had the whole spot locked in last night. Had a good time. Good drinks. Uh, fun festivities, Jeremy. How you feeling over there, man? You a little quiet tonight, man. You good? I'm, I'm, I'm actually feeling great, man. I feel up happy, happy for Jared. The only reason I was really rooting for Alabama was really mainly just because I bet on them earlier in the season and wanted to win the money. Overall, though, I couldn't be mad at Clemson winning that game. I was actually pretty excited to see that there was actually somebody else who is in the conversation for the best program in the nation. I think we. For a while, I thought it was. Yeah, it's pretty much just the Alabama era, but it started to look like the Clemson era too. Um, but I am going to say it was uh, apropos for Jarrett to start off by saying Drake, uh, because Drake wore an Alabama sweatshirt on Instagram, and I'm Drake blaming that on the reason why Alabama got blown out. They probably would have lost anyway, but it probably would have been a 10-point game. Drake added I'm, on yeah, 18 points. I'm a big points. fan of Drake. I'm a big fan of Drake, Jeremy, but I got to agree with you, man. Everything that got touches other than music turns to trash. So, yeah. Um, if you want, if you want to achieve a championship in whatever realm of sport, sports we're talking about, whether that be NCAA basketball, football, uh, who, who else is Drake ruined? Uh, Conor McGregor. Ruined. Yeah, Conor McGregor. Whole bunch, of, whole bunch of people. But we got a lot to get into today uh, for all the listeners out there. Uh, we're going to start with uh, having a quick discussion about uh, this game last night and whether uh, this Clemson program is the best program in the country. Obviously, one uh, person on this podcast, Jared, thinks that Clemson is the best program in the country right now. Uh, I feel pretty strongly that Jeremy probably disagrees with him. Um, and then we're going to talk about this guy by the name of Trevor Lawrence. Um, but yeah, let's get right into it, Jared. Let, let's give you the floor because obviously your team uh, came out on top. so. Go ahead and talk your shit, man. So, 
Clemson, I I, I want to say this, and this is no disrespect to Alabama. Um, actually, it is disrespect to Alabama because I told y'all this was gonna happen. <laughs> I said, if you listen to uh, what I said before the game, I went live on Instagram, I went live on Facebook, and I told y'all what was gonna happen. I said, Alabama's secondary is super suspect. I said they're gonna get torched by Trevor Lawrence, and I said. The main problems with with Alabama in this game were going to be their secondary sucks. They have the worst special teams in football, which they do. They, their punter had a great game yesterday compared to what he normally does, but he had the lowest net punting average in college football out of all 130 Division One programs. Then you had uh, I, I said out- that. not to cut you off. I don't I don't understand how you're Alabama. You can't find a field goal kicker or punter. Their like, kicker that's ridiculous to me. He, that, that I will say they, they have the number like one eight, kicker in the country uh, coming in. <laughs> but here's here's the deal. They look like the kicker there looked like the uh damn you have you gone to the college football hall of fame here in Atlanta? Uh I've I've been in there. Um I I can't say I've stayed. It was sort of like a, one of those PGA tour parties where like Luda was performing or something crazy, but uh yeah, I, I have been in there and seen everything. There's the field goal post there, and they give you an opportunity um uh, to be able to kick a field goal. And um you did that, we did that stadium, right? We did, we did. Here, here's the main difference. Yeah. When we were kicking at Cowboy Stadium, I wasn't kicking in the national championship game for Alabama. Meaning, I knew I was an amateur. How in the world are you this bad? And you're, if you're at Bama, how can you be at Bama and not be able to kick? Literally, I said I don't, this. I don't get that. I don't understand that at all. I, I said this last night, and I will stand by this until the day I die. Um. We were watching the game, and they missed – or they went for the fake field goal. And I said – I said – right before he kicked it – It was a fake it, it was, punt, right? It was fake field goal. And right before they went for it, I said to myself, I said, this is a 40-yard field goal. And I, I didn't say this. I said this out loud. I said, this is a 40-yard field goal, and I give him maybe a oh, 40% chance of making it. I mean, who, who didn't know they were going to fake that? I mean, the guy on every extra point, even the ones he made, I think he made two, maybe maybe one or two, but, I mean, it was probably 10, 10 yards off the ground or 10 feet off the ground. I mean, he couldn't even get the ball out in the air. So, uh, everybody know he wasn't going to try for no 40-yard field goal. Yeah, I mean, so, literally. That, that was a bad play call from he uh, made He made Cody Parkey, which we'll get into. He made Cody Parkey look like Adam Vinatieri. I mean, that was one of the worst kicking performances. Even the ones he made, they were getting like – the field goal, the field goal post is ten feet in the air. It may have been getting thirteen feet off the ground. Like it wasn't. It was. I'm surprising it blocked everyone. Uh, but the reason I said I said their special teams was terrible. Their secondary was suspect. And I said the the last thing was going to be Tua struggle versus the three best defenses he played. And when we got pressure on him, I said he was going to throw a couple of those picks and he was going to look rattled. And he did. And so uh, I was glad yeah, he that I made didn't that. Like yeah, and, and like I said, I, I did respect the fact he threw a pick six, came up through the pick six, came right back, threw a great touchdown pass. Now, our safety shouldn't have bid on it, but that's what it is when you play two. Two is so used to just getting so many long touchdown plays off that if you can keep the defense in front of you and make him beat you consistently with all underneath quick passes, then typically either he'll make a mistake or you can get that offense to bog down. Um, I thought the dumbest part of the game, and and, and I'll admit this, Damon Damon. I mean, he pointed us out several times. They kept running. And when they ran the ball, they got yards. And then they would just stop running. Like, it, it made no sense to me. Uh, Dan, your boy Najee Harris averaged 6.8 yards a carry. I think Saban was going to fret. Yeah, he was not a fret. I remember telling Damon, he went for it and he got it. But he went for it second quarter from his own 35-yard line on fourth down. And I was like, "That's that right there means you know you need to score about every possession because you can't get a stop. And That's the thing, so, so, we're we're looking from the side. We're looking from the TV, right? They're looking from the sidelines. I I got a feeling that he probably, you know, real time out there on the field was like, "Hey, we don't know them people." That, that's kind of what we say, but he could probably tell that it wasn't. It wasn't gonna be. A, it's gonna be a long night for him, basically. Um, so I, I feel that's why he probably pressed a little bit more uh, earlier on than he should have. But I mean, fourth and one, I'm going for it every time. I, if if I have that 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 backfield, I mean, they they were getting stopped on any short 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 uh. Short fourth but, down. But here, here's here's the deal. And I one, I think the running game would have been stopped more if we had Dexter Lawrence. But hey, it is what it is. But the second thing, I, I'll give this analogy. He went for it and he got it. And yeah, it was good that you got it. 
But I com- I compare it to this. Imagine you're out of town and your homeboy hits you up. And he's like, oh, yeah, I saw your girl out at the club. If you're confident in what you got, you're like, oh, cool. I'm sure she's just having fun. But if now you like call her phone, blowing her up, she may not be doing anything. But the fact that you feel like you need to do that proves where your relationship is and where you think your relationship is. And I look at Bama, and if you're Nick Saban, and you know my defense is where it's at, I can get a stop whenever I need to. In the second quarter, you don't need to go for a fourth down from your own 35-yard line. Because I tell you, you only go for that if you know deep down inside, I can't get a stop. And the reason he can't get a stop, my boy Trevor Lawrence. I'll let Jeremy get into it. But my boy T-Law was out there. Laying, laying the law down on everybody from Bama. Laying the law. I'm putting cases on all you Bamas. Uh, hey, oh, yeah. Jeremy, yeah. funny, I just got a text from Ashley. Uh, we met, we left uh, one person off the Drake list. Um, uh, Johnny Manziel. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Johnny true. Manziel. Shout out, Ash. Shout out, Boo. I don't think we talked about uh, Kentucky basketball either, but uh, they were undefeated at the time going into the tournament. He was wearing Kentucky gear and... <laughs> <laughs> they didn't make it to the final four, so I mean, hey, uh, I wish they I were to see Jared actually blowing bubbles. <laughs> they were, they were like, what are you doing? Now. I'm enjoying my life right now. I'm living my business. So, my thought on this game was, I got to give Jared props. <laughs> yeah, you got to give Jared props. We've been talking that shit for the last uh, two, three he, years. He and Jared's, and Jared's you know probably what? won probably five I'm, racks off them. It, he has. I, I'm used to Jared being a homer, so I don't know when to take it seriously or not. I mean, I was like Jared was telling us the same thing about the Texans, which we'll get into a little later, uh, <laughs> and how they're going to win the Super Bowl. <laughs> and now, and, and, uh, and so I mean, you can see where I would be like, oh, okay, well, you know, who they've really beaten. So Clemson, th- I'll, I'll tell you what Clemson is. Clemson is. Everybody knows I'm a big Southern Cal fan. Clemson is a Southern Cal from the 2000s right now. And when I say that, I mean, they're playing in a conference with a whole bunch of terrible teams, and you don't know whether or not to believe it's them being that good or if the conference just sucks. And that's where I was with with Clemson. I was saying, yeah, they're blowing teams out, but, you know, I'll put it in in, in perspective. Yeah, if if Duke basketball played in – like, I don't know, the Big South, and they were beating Winthrop up and beating up College of Charleston. Nobody really know how good Duke is. But if they're winning yeah, everything by 50. <laughs> but it, I, don't if, care if, if, I don't care if Duke and Zion are playing a – I don't care. They could be playing true. a, a, a eight You know this guy's head above like, the rim. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but, <laughs> but I get your point. Good point. No, they didn't show that they were that good, which I, yeah, I, I, so, I don't believe they're going to blow Alabama. So once once I got I saw them play in Alabama, I was going, oh. So maybe those other teams just weren't that terrible. Maybe Clemson was just that good. You kind of have to start looking back to see if Clemson can really be put in one of the best teams of all time category. Because if you look back to that first game, Trevor Lawrence started and finished. Since then, like after Syracuse, I think they won every game by over twenty, right? Something like that. Like they they, they won every game by over twenty. So. 13 of the 15 games this year, we won by over 20 points. We The only two games that were closer than 20 points was at Texas A&M and the Syracuse game where Trevor Lawrence got hurt. Yeah. But, and, well, and so, well, one, impressive stuff. Impressive right. stuff. I was, was well, going to say, everybody talks was, about the ACC being, being terrible. ACC did go 6-5 and five in bowl games. They got they had a, uh, 10 teams in the bowls, which was uh, – I'm sorry, 11 teams in the bowls. We need to talk about that, so Jim, many. because I was thinking the same thing. I lost a lot of money. On betting against ACC teams in bowl games this season, but but we I have to also take it. We have to. When, they well, play I, I well always, during bowl season. I always hate. I always hate that bowl season stat because we're gonna be like, oh yeah, the SEC did this and the ACC did this. Yeah, well the SEC was playing in real bowls and some of the ACC players were playing in the Hot Wings Fire Side Bowl. I, don't, I mean, no, it, the bowl. The no, bowls really like true. you can play in some sorry bowls versus. So so, Damon, you're telling me Georgia. Losing or Georgia playing against Texas in a bowl is the same as Duke playing Temple? No, it's not. It's just not the same. I agree, but, but Jeremy, like, still a good you team. can't. What you can't, what you can't deny though is 
they played versus the Big 12 in, in four of those bowls. They went one and three. Their only win was Bama over Oklahoma, and Oklahoma lit them up. Texas was the number two team in the Big 12. They pounded Georgia that game. You look yeah, at Oklahoma I think, I think State. I suppose a little bit. Um, because, yeah, I mean, I still if you really look at the it, best conference. Yeah, I think so too. But at, at the same time, it got exposed a little bit. My my big thing I will say is Trevor Lawrence looked great. You said he was better than Tua. He definitely looked better than Tua last night. Tua looked confused a lot. Um, but one thing I will say is um, he had a lot of help last night. And the big thing, the big difference to me watching that game versus watching the year before, Alabama destroyed y'all in the trenches last year, and you guys destroyed them in the trenches this year. And that's kind of been the story of uh, of what happens, like down. Oh, like when you guys really needed to get a get pressure, you got pressure. They couldn't get any pressure. Trevor Lawrence didn't get sacked once. Justin Ross, uh, we would be remiss Scary. if we didn't talk about him. He caught so many crazy passes, and he he actually bailed out Trevor Lawrence on a couple passes with uh, some nice catches. Most of the Trevor Lawrence's passes all night were good, but there was a couple that were a little off target, and he just made a play on them. So, I mean, overall. I think you can see that combination going for a while, and they will probably be going both top five in the draft in uh, two years. Yeah, so there's right. there's two things I, w- I want to petition real quick. One, Justin Ross. We should change his name to Justin Moss. Um, secondly, um, as <laughs> as we talked about last year about the winning trenches, still last year our defense gave up 10 points. It was just last year Kelly Bryant couldn't throw a ball, so we gave up – I think it was we gave up – um, it was somewhere. I think we got 24 total points. So we got 14 points on offense, uh, on defensive touchdowns. But, but their quarterback couldn't throw either. <laughs> I, I agree. All right, let's stay. I'm glad you brought up brought up Trevor and uh, Ross being a big time connection. You know, moving forward for the next few years. But um, just let listeners know out there, Jerry usually does our like little rundown, and we we talk about what we're gonna we're gonna talk about on the podcast, obviously. And uh, I'm just going through everything, and all of a sudden I see, is Trevor Lawrence, this is a question, is Trevor Lawrence the best QB prospect ever? Um, took me, it, it took me by surprise reading that. I actually had to stop myself and really look at what I was actually reading. Uh, let's start with Jeremy this time. Is that is that a legitimate question, Jeremy, or, or are we talking about something serious here? I, I want the, I, w- I wish we could have got real time when, when we were reading through this. <laughs> This rundown, because I was literally I almost caught a stomach cramp laughing so hard. I mean, the kid is the kid the is the best quarterback prospect ever. The, the best quarterback. He's the LeBron of quarterbacks. That's what he is. So we're really telling like the, he's he's a great player. He's a great player. Like, is he a better prospect than Peyton Manning was coming out? Is he a better prospect than John Elway or I mean, it's Dan so many, Marino? Like damn, yeah, like. He's got like Patrick Mahomes. Is he a better prospect than Patrick Mahomes? Like it's, it's. The I answer, mean, it's people. The answer to that question is. Let, just, let's talk about it, Jerry. So, prove you. So let, let, let me let me go through it real quick. First off, the reason I put the question is Gil Brandt, who's legendary Hall of Fame GM for the Dallas Cowboys, who built a lot of their their dynasty, said that he is by far the most talented freshman quarterback he's ever seen in his life. And when you look at it, Mel Kuyper said today. I can find look, somebody that says I'm not, look, about I, I, that was, That's just one. I'm not, let me finish. Mel Kuyper said today on when he talked about Trevor Lawrence, he said he will probably have the highest grade of any quarterback he's ever evaluated. When you looked at before he came out of high school, 24-7 sports said he may be the best prospect we've ever evaluated. I think what, what you're starting to see is, and when you say, oh, look at, oh, what did Yo, Peyton You act like everybody else ain't hype with you, Jared. No, no, I'm, I'm not too. telling you. Right, but here, here's what I'm. Here's what I'll say. When you bring up, you say, "What about John Elway?" or "What about Peyton Manning?" or "What about Patrick Mahomes?" We're not talking about, "Hey, what is you know, is he as good right now as Patrick Mahomes was coming out of college?" We're saying, "Is he as good right now as any other 19 year old has ever been?" And I can say right now, yes, he is because of the fact of I can't tell you a weakness he has in his game. He's he's not Deshaun Watson elusive, but. As you saw late in the game, he he's mobile he's enough at all. Yeah, he's not mobile at all. No, no. He, well, the he, one time he, he tried to run, he got stopped like three like three yards. Yeah, and got, got a stop watching. He, he rushed yeah, for like What are you talking about? Hmm? I'm not sure if you watched the end of the game. He ran for like four straight four four uh, first downs. I'm not talking about during the end of the game. I'm talking in the middle of the game. The trenches were the game. Trevor Lawrence cannot run. He ran a four six. Trevor Lawrence is is fast. He's not elusive because he's huge. 
but he he is he is fast. He's he's mobile enough to where he can he he's Aaron Rodgers mobile. Secondly, I, right, I think from a, from an arm talent standpoint, does he have a Patrick Mahomes arm? No, but he he is one of the most accurate. He has one of the the most accurate and can he can get enough velocity to throw any make any throw he needs to, to make. He reads defenses extremely well, and at this point in time, tell me another quarterback at 19 years old who you can look at and say was at this level. I I can't tell you anyone. Uh, did, was Jameis 19 when he won the national championship with Florida State? No, he was 20. Okay. Um, overall, I, I would say this. I, I'm not saying he might be, but you said talent. To me, that's right. that's about being the best. I don't know if that's talent. Like talent and best are two different things. Like talent is your God given ability. Like it, Brett Favre probably in in college probably wasn't as good as a freshman, but he had probably more raw talent than Trevor Lawrence has. Overall, it's hard to judge, and the reason why it's hard to judge is because Trevor Lawrence has the best group of wide receivers in football. He has probably the best offensive line in football. He's got probably the best running back in football. I mean. It, He's got, I mean, he's got weapons all, all over everywhere. So, I mean, how can you really tell if if he's the best prospect ever? I guess that that'll be in due time, and we'll and we'll get to see. Uh, but you can't be a, with a much more stacked lineup than than what he has right now. Um, I agree with that. Clemson's uh, roster has has a ton of talent, and like I said, I I think there's going to be obviously he's going to have to continue to develop. Um, and I think he's going to get bigger. I think he's right now he's 6'6", 220. Uh, I think by the time he leaves his junior year, he's going to be somewhere around 6'6", 235, 240. Um, I think from he's only going to get better from a velocity standpoint. I think he probably needs to shorten his delivery a little bit, uh, but I'm not sure you mess with it. I, I think at the end of the day, though, I, I can't tell you another prospect that I've ever looked at. And, I, and that's a little backstory on this. I, I first watched Trevor Lawrence play. <laughs> Uh, I went to his eighth grade game. Uh, he's he's from down the street uh, in Cartersville, Georgia. I lived in Kennesaw, um, and so I went to see the kid in the eighth grade because you're I right, was, listeners. He yes. went to see a Clemson prospect. Oh, no, but here's, when he was here's 14. I didn't I didn't realize he's 14. I think at the time. Uh, but with that being said, um, I don't I don't think uh, nobody thought he was going to Clemson. First off. He's, he's patterned his entire game off Peyton Manning. His family was, was huge Tennessee fans, and everybody expected him to go to Tennessee. Um, but I was told there was a 6'3 eighth grader who was calling audibles at the line of scrimmage and had a huge cannon, and I was like, I have to go see this kid play. Um, it's almost like when somebody's like, hey, there's this kid named LeBron James. He's in the eighth grade. He might be the next Michael Jordan. You're like, oh, let me go check him out. Stop it. No, no I'm Joe telling Lawrence you. That's not the next Joe Montana. Cut it out. He, he he's got to do more than play, play well for 14, 15 games. I agree, Damon, but what I'm telling you is just slow down. It's 14, 14 and 15 games. But in, the, in these games, he had 30 touchdowns, four interceptions. He had no interceptions over his last five games. Here, you he had like look he's at, not playing with the best offensive line. The offensive line could compete in the NFL. No, they couldn't. Um, but our they offensive could. line's good. Yeah. They couldn't. They're, so what are you there's, saying? There's two, there's two or three players on that team that will make that will make the league and actually probably play. Mitch Hyatt will play. Falsinelli, maybe. Ankrum, maybe we're, we're our line's good. It's not like it's not Miami two thousand one or two thousand yeah two thousand one team where they had they get one sack over four years. Um, but what I, with that being said, like I said, we can we can skip this. I'm just telling you. Remember when it gets to the end of the twenty twenty season and we're going to the twenty twenty one draft. Remember, I said this kid's the greatest quarterback prospect of all time. Hey, hey right, Jared. That being said, well, yeah, well, yeah, last let me, let me see. One, one last thing, Jared. I just want to give you uh, what Gil Brandt tweeted out about four hours ago. I talked to Josh Rosen yesterday and about possibly about, about the possibility of Kingsbury being his coach. Uh, I told him I thought it would be a very positive move for his career. He quietly listened. So this guy endorsed Cliff Kingsbury being the head coach of the Arizona College or Arizona Cardinals after he got fired from Texas Tech. Uh, with a record around 500. So that pretty much just throws out whatever you just we'll, said. We'll get in that later. I'll address that later. <laughs> All right, let's get into some NFL, uh, boys. Uh, obviously, uh, Jared, he's coming off having a great night, but he didn't have such a good weekend. Um, we also watched that game together, and it wasn't as fun as the Clemson game, I must say. Um, the Texans, man, 
uh Colts got got after him. Um one pretty uh I thought it was pretty convincing. It was. Uh Jared, what happened to your boys, man? Couple things happened to my boys. Um one, I felt like at the beginning of the game we gave them the momentum. Um one of the things is when when you're at home and you're in the playoffs, uh, one of the best things you can do is get your crowd involved early on because then it becomes a lot noisier. It becomes a lot harder to operate an offense. And I felt like we gave away all the momentum. First drive, we got to stop. It was third down and eight. They ran a draw play to the, to the left side of the field. And we made the tackle for short of a first down. They were going to punt. But J.J. Watt on the complete opposite side of the field, on the right side of the field, if you're looking at it, jumped off sides. And when he jumped off sides, they didn't know it before the play. It forced us to go into a third and th- third and three. They converted down and scored a touchdown. Next drive, we had them on third and seven. And uh, Whitley Merciless jumps offside. So now it becomes a third and two. They convert. They score another touchdown. You're down 14-0, six minutes into the game. And I felt like they stole the momentum. Um, I can tell you that I think the Colts are a better team than the Texans. I think the, the Texans, when I when I talk wow, about the Texans. that's huge hearing that from Jared. So you think, no, yeah. I, I, okay. I think when you look at it, this is – when I picked the Texans, I picked the Texans based on the fact that I thought Deshaun was going to have a Deshaun special game. And I, I thought from the tan, from the standpoint, I didn't like our matchup with the Colts, but we played them pretty well earlier in the year. Um, we played them decently well two weeks ago. Um, and I thought that if we could get through this game, I thought we'd have a good chance um, because I'm, I haven't been a fan of the way Tom Brady's played. And I thought, may we catch the Chargers? But we'd be at a home game. Like I, I looked at it and I, I, I sized it up based on the matchup. But here's the problem: if you're the Texans, our offensive line may be the worst offensive line in the history of a uh, history of the playoffs to have a home game. Um, that there's no other team that's given up as many sacks as the Texans and made the playoffs. Um, and secondly, our our cornerback situation is terrible. And coming into at the end of last year, everybody knew the weaknesses of the team were: you needed cornerback play, and you needed offensive line play. But you had to trade a first-round pick, uh, an extra first-round pick to get Deshaun, which was worth it. So last year you didn't have a first-round pick. And then you had to trade a second-round pick to get rid of the Brock Osweiler contract. So last year we didn't have a number one pick in the draft or a first-round pick in the draft or a second-round pick. We didn't pick to the third round. And then we went after Nate Soder, but he went to the Giants and uh, after they bid so high. So um, we weren't able to address any of those needs in the offseason. This year we have – yeah, I know. Uh, this year we have three picks in the first two rounds and a ton of cap space. Um, I think we go and, and, and get at least a couple corners. Uh, we probably need to replace the entire offensive line. We need to throw them in the trash. Um, and I, I, I will tell you this as much as I, I, like I said, I, I thought the, there were some great bets out there to be had. I bet Texans $40 plus 2,500 to win a thousand. Um, but to tell you my confidence in the Texans versus my confidence in, in Clemson, um, for the Clemson game, I bet about five hundred dollars on Clemson. Um, in the Texans game, I bet forty in the futures, and I bet thirteen dollars and twenty seven cents <laughs> straight up in this game. So uh, the confidence level in the game wasn't nearly as high as the, the it was at Clemson, and I think a lot of it had to do with the fact that I knew there were some glaring weaknesses, but I thought Deshaun would over overcome it. And in, in transparency, I didn't think he played a great game. Um, I will agree with his assessment after the game. Although one of the things I I wasn't a fan of Deshaun saying after the game, um, he said. They asked him, they said, you're throwing a lot of passes short today. Um, You know, any reason behind that? And he said, well, uh, me or any other quarterback, you know, you can't really throw passes as accurately if you can't step in any throws. And it wasn't just me out there. There was a lot of pressure in my face. And so I thought ultimately he was kind of throwing the offensive line under the bus. But, I mean, it was the absolute truth. There was people in his face the entire game. Um, And so, I mean, it is what it is. I think the Colts um, versus the Chiefs this week, and we'll kind of get into that, but I think they're going to win. Um, I expect Jeremy's prediction possibly to be right, and Colts maybe maybe Colts Saints a repeat of the Super Bowl. I hope the Colts keep this up so we can win this parlay, though, eighty five. Yes, for sir. Sure. Uh, Jeremy, what do you guys say about the Texans, man? Um, you know, it, your, it, your your boy Deshaun couldn't couldn't get it done. Unfortunately, I was rooting for him, but um, yeah, I, I was I was, the, I was the, actually the, rooting the, for the, the Texans last night. You know, so. I was actually rooting for the Texans. Uh, I knew they weren't going to win this game, though. It was a, a simple matchup for me. The simple things were the Colts had the best offensive line of football right now. I, it was the Saints early in the season. They've had some injuries. The Colts have overtaken the Saints. Um, and even the Steelers, uh, who I thought were the top two offensive lines, as the best offensive line of football right now. 
They are keeping Andrew Luck so clean that nobody's even getting close to him. And the way that the Texans attack defenses is they have Whitney Merciless and J.J. Watt and Jadavion Clowney, and they get out to the quarterback with those guys. If those guys can't get pressure, and uh, J.J. Watt started to fade towards the end of the season, but if those guys can't get pressure, their back end is terrible. I mean, it's absolutely horrible. Um, I mean, and, and not even are they terrible, their schemes are terrible. So a lot of their schemes are, hey, we're going to play uh, – you know, some kind of like complicated, we're going to put, you know, part zone, part man. Uh, we're going to put, what's the guy's name? Honey Badger and man coverage against uh, against a wide receiver. Things like that where people get mashed up in positions where they're not supposed to be. I think they would be a lot better off doing kind of what Philly does and just trying to keep everything in front of them and just trying to depend on the front four to get pressure. I thought they were trying to send a lot of exotic blitzes, trying to get pressure on Andrew Luck. And when they sent more and more pressure, they still weren't getting there. And they just gave more people a wide open passes. So uh, overall, I thought the Colts were a better team. I thought they were coming into shape. If you guys are not watching Darius Leonard, uh, Mr. South Carolina State, he is absolutely dominating right now. He made first team All Pro, um, and I think that defense is really coming into shape. And if you want free money, you know Jared always gives us free money. If you want free money this week, who's free? You money? need to go. Yeah, you need to bet the the Colts against the against the Chiefs straight up. They're gonna destroy the Chiefs, and they're and the, and the Chiefs are favored by like I think last time I saw they were favored by five. I mean, it's nonsense. It's nonsense. They are absolutely going to destroy the Chiefs. The Chiefs only way the Chiefs can stop anybody is with Chris Jones getting sacks, and he's not gonna get anywhere near Andrew Luck, and they're gonna get torched in the back end. And then that defense is really gonna slow down Patrick Mahomes because what do they do? They pretty much play a, a Tampa two coverage where they keep everything in front of them and tackle in front. What does Patrick Mahomes struggle to do? Take the underneath route because he always wants to make the big play. So you're going to see him make a couple turnovers, and I'm going to guess that the Colts will win that game by double digits. Yeah, and Andrew Luck, is uh, he's healthy for once, so he, lo- he looks good. Yeah, 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 and that offensive line is going to keep him healthy because I swear he didn't get hit. That, <laughs> can we say one thing, too? Yeah. How yeah. bad is the Monday Night Football commentating crew? Booker oh, and I, Whit- I can't Whit- stand uh, – I, I, you know. <laughs> First off, yeah. Jason Witten, why are you wearing that tight suit? Literally. Actually, now we're literally talking about Jason Witten's suit. It looks so weird on him. If you want like to that's... know what he looked like, he looked like the genie on Kazam. Uh, <laughs> or, I mean, it was it was absolutely – I was like, what are you wearing? Uh, secondly, they make the most obvious points. Me and Jerry were talking about this. They'd be like, oh, it's uh, the Texans are down 14 here with seven minutes to go. This is fourth down territory. Uh, duh. Um, next, <laughs> I'm like, we're watching the game. And Andrew Luck, literally, he's throwing the ball to dudes. There are routes where the receiver actually makes the DB fall. And he has nobody within seven yards of him. And he throws a 20-yard pass to guys, nobody within 10 yards of him, with nobody within 10 yards of him. And he's like, oh, man, Andrew Luck, back. I mean, you can just see. Look at how comfortable he looks in the pocket. Hell, I would look comfortable in the pocket if ain't nobody within 10 yards of me and the receiver's making dudes fall. I'm not taking anything away from Andrew Luck. Andrew Luck's phenomenal. But can we do a mute Monday Night Football crew hashtag on Twitter? Because right now, <laughs> they are the worst thing going on television. Yeah, they're agree, terrible. Uh, Bo- Booger annoys me, but yeah, go ahead, Jimmy. Yeah, but like Booger, Booger doesn't stop talking. And it's just, uh, I finally got rid of the Booger Mobile. But now that he's out of the Booger Mobile, he actually is talking a lot more, which makes it even worse. Yeah. Um, yes, it is. It's, it's almost like. Um, I don't know. I, I I was about to go in on, on some other commentators to get on my nerves. But, yeah, I mean, they're pretty bad. They need to get out of the booth. But, Jared, the coach should really give you some. Oh, Bill Walton. Well, Bill Walton, he doesn't annoy me. You just know how biased he is because, he, he like, he'll be calling a game. Bill Walton doesn't you know exactly Yeah, you you know exactly who he's rooting for in the game. It's not. It's, it's, it's just obvious. But, Jared, the coach should be of some inspiration to you because they did fix their offensive line in one year. It turned into the best offensive line of football because their offensive line was pretty bad last year. And so if they can do that with, you know, a first-round pick at guard and then a second-round pick at, at the other, at the right tackle um, and really screw up their whole line with a, with a couple of veterans doing that, I think you guys might be able to do that as well. Um, I think the Texans yeah, ho- got a lot of good things. Hopefully we can, we can just address the offensive line with some all-pro rookies. Uh, get an all-pro defensive player. This year we can get it at corner though instead of their linebacker. Like we'll just draft the all-pro guy in the second round out of out of A and we'll, T. We'll, we'll figure this thing out. Like let's hope. But uh, at the yeah. end of the day, I will tell you this: we need some help 
on that secondary and that O line. That was bad. And, yeah, and Frank Wright uh, was uh, Frank Wright definitely outcoached your boy. So everybody outcoaches Bill O'Brien. All righty. Um, yeah. So the Eagles, they got away with one last week, guys. Um, my boy Cody missing the the field goal that that knocked off the crossbar and whatever you call the the other. It hit it hit the goalpost twice, um, <laughs> and it sucked. But um. They go oh, right into uh, New Orleans. New Orleans this this weekend. Um, let's start with Jeremy since we're talking about your Saints, man. What do you feel like from a, from a uh, try to be as objective as possible? What do you think is going to happen in this game? Saints win by forty. Go ahead. No, because you know what? Generally, we get better as time goes on, and we we won by forty one the first time. So, no, I think this game is going to be a lot more competitive. But I do think is. Uh, pretty funny that like Jason Peters is out like oh yeah you know we want to get back with the Saints because you know they ran out the score on us on the last time you know we'll probably run the score up on you again this just this you know what I mean, just be cra- careful what be you ugly. ask for just, just be careful what you ask for because you guys are all in this Nick Foles hype you tell you what it reminds me of and he's not as bad as this and it's not going to be as bad as game as this but you remember when Tim Tebow beat the uh beat the Steelers on that pass and everybody's like you know I just got a feeling man Tim Tebow is going to get it done he's going to win the Super Bowl and he went into Foxborough and they lost by like 70. I think I think that's that's kind of what you're going to be looking for with Nick with Nick Foles. I think uh overall people are kind of over overemphasizing his uh his impact and who was his only playoff loss to? Uh, the Saints and Drew Brees in in Philly. So, uh overall what you're going to see is uh the Philly Philly matched up really well against the teams that they've beaten over the last 4 weeks. So, they beat uh first they beat the Rams, then they beat the Texans, then they beat the Redskins, then they beat the Bears. So the way they matched up well on their defensive side is those teams take deep shots down the field. Deshaun throws the ball deep a lot. The Rams throw the ball deep a lot. The Bears try to take a lot of deep shots. And so does – and the Redskins just don't have a quarterback. So that's why that defense was able to hold up. But they've pretty much just been playing to keep everything in front of them. Do you really want to give Drew Brees five and ten-yard routes and say, hey, this, uh, you know, if you want to take those, you can take them? I don't think that's going to work out too well for you. So um, overall, I think it's going to be um, not a route, but a convincing win. I'm, I'm guessing we'll probably win by 10 points. I think the spread is probably right on the money, 8, 9, 10 points, something like that. Um, but I think it'll be one of those games where it's never really in doubt of who's going to win. Uh, and I like that both teams are already talking junk. The Saints have really been talking junk about the Eagles all year. Um, you know, they come out with this new ski mask thing. And then after the game where we beat the Steelers, Alvin Kamara came out and did his post game in ski mask, talking about we got some biters in the uh, uh, on some of the other teams. Show who the real ski mask boys are. So they've been pretty much taking shots at the Eagles uh, since last last postseason, and um, we'll see see where it goes this year. Yeah, Jeremy, I'm looking forward to uh, seeing what happens between Foles and Breeze. Uh, Jared, man, what do you what do you feel like is going to happen in this game down in New Orleans? Man, I'm rooting for New Orleans. Um, I've said, um, now that my Texans are out, the teams I'm rooting for, the Colts who beat us to win, or the Saints who are Jeremy's team, or if that's not the case, the Chargers, because I don't know any Chargers fans. Um, So uh, with that being said, though, I'd be somewhat nervous about Foles. Um, There's one thing. Foles has the ability to tree. And if you're going to beat the Saints, you need to have a tree ability. You know what I compare him to? The Ryan Fitzpatrick game at the beginning of the year. I don't expect that to happen. But he has an ability, and for you guys that don't know what treeing is, treeing is when you have those super, super lucky games. It's it's Clay Thompson versus the Thunder game six where he hits 14 three-pointers. Where you're like, oh, yeah, they're going to lose. They're down 20 points to, to Russell Westbrook and Kevin Durant. And then all of a sudden, Clay Thompson's like, nah, bro, I think I'm going to hit 14 threes right now. And then all of a sudden, the, the series is over. Nick Foles has the ability to pull that out, and it makes me nervous because there is one thing you don't do. And, and you know, uh, you know, uh, I, I know some of the hardest thugged out people you know, and, and what they always say, I don't play with God. Nah, hey, hey I, I, might, I might cuss you out. I might stab you. I don't play with God. That's and I think the Saints may have played with the football gods. How do you go for it on fourth and ten when you're up 35 points? You're up 35 points. 
and you're going for it on fourth and ten. And not only are you going for it, you're throwing deep bombs to Alvin Kamara versus the dude who used to be on the Saints. Look, man, if I'm betting with just my head, I would tell you the Saints are going to win this game by 17 points. If I'm betting based on that that eerie feeling I have, I would I tell you that feeling too. Gonna, I'm not going. I'm not. I'm, I'll play the Saints and win by three points. I have and I, I don't. It's called. I, I had that same feeling when the, I said this on the podcast when they were playing Cowboys. I got a weird feeling about that game. Like, and you I, said I said the same thing when they were playing the Rams too. I do. No cap. Like I, I feel like I feel like the Eagles gonna. It's gonna be a closer game than you think. Yeah, and well, like I said, I said, I think it's gonna be a single digit game. I think it's gonna be a single digit game. But Jared, one one thing I will say is this: you you brought up the the pass that we had against Kamara. Please keep in mind that that pass was thrown with 14 minutes ago in the fourth quarter. We really could have run the score if we wanted to because we got the ball Jimmy, back. You had 35. Jared, but it's 14 minutes to go in the fourth quarter. If we really wanted to score, we want to score. We, we you know we got the ball back down to the to the one-yard line to kick the field goal. And then we ran our, our last three possessions. We didn't throw one pass. And we had Teddy Bridgewater in. So if we really wanted to pile on. We could have probably scored 65, 70 points against them and really put, a, put it on them. So I think they should be happy that we called the dogs off and only beat them by 41 points. Jeremy, Jeremy, uh, you know what I compare it to? Imagine me and you were playing doubles back in the day like we did in college. And we're up 6-1, 5-1. And it's 15 love. And I got a sitter overhead on top of the net. And I crushed the overhead, hit the dude in the chest with it. On purpose. Like, yeah, like, is the, the, could you still lose? You, you technically could still lose. But you know you weren't losing that game. Like, at the end of the day, it boiled down to you were up 35 points. Punt the ball. Like, you have 35 points with 11 minutes. If you can't hold that lead, then I mean, you could literally kneel the ball the rest of the game and they wouldn't come back. So, like I said, I, I don't know. Like I said, I, I think it, you guys tempted it. We're going to see how it comes out on Sunday. Or is, is, is Saturday yeah. or Sunday? Um, that's a, that's I think a late that Sunday game. game is, is, well, here's the thing that sucks about those Sunday games. The first game starts at 1, and I, I guess that Saints – that Saints Eagles game starts yeah. at four twenty five, which kind of sucks, man. I, I'd rather it be like you know a Sunday night football a late game. game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's, I, it's just kind of sad too, man. It's been such a great uh, football season, both NCAA and uh, NFL. In my opinion, the best, and I would say in the last ten years, man. Um, so I, I, I'm, I'm definitely not um, happy that it's coming to an yeah, end. Yeah. But last topic, guys, as far as NFL is concerned, before we get, before we get into you guys' picks, uh, the Cardinals hired Cliff Kingsborough. Kingsbury, sorry, it's kind of a tongue twister, but they hired him, former uh, Texas Tech quote uh, coach. Um, do you guys have a problem with this? You know, I don't. I, that doesn't seem like a, a good hire to me. But uh, what do you guys feel about this? Start with Jeremy on this time. Okay, so Cliff Kingsbury was fired from Texas Tech, his alma mater, which he's a legend at, and is probably the most famous person in the city. When he was at Texas Tech, he had uh he had Patrick Mahomes and he also had Baker Mayfield on the same roster and couldn't With get Davis a win. Webb. Oh, Davis Webb. I forgot about Davis Webb was on that team too. So he had these guys all on one roster and couldn't win in the big in the Big Twelve. It's not even like he was like who was the power he was going against. I mean, I, I, Oklahoma. Yeah, Oklahoma's pretty good, but it's not like there, there's an Alabama or Clemson in his in his in his conference and he couldn't get it done. So, who decides to hire him? The Cardinals, who just fired Steve Wilkes, because they said he seemed like he was over his head in his first season. Okay, so so you're looking for some experience, right? You fired a coach after one year because he doesn't have enough experience. It seems like he isn't over his head. So let's just bring in the guy who has never coached in the NFL and couldn't keep a job at his alma mater, which he was a superstar at. That makes a lot of sense. I think... Arizona is looking over and they see, oh man, in our conference, in our division, we have Sean McVay. He's like 35, or you know, he's not even 35, he's younger than me. He's like 33 years old, man. That guy's, you know, obviously awesome. Oh man, uh, Kyle Shanahan, he's like 38 years old, man. That guy's awesome too. All the young guys, oh man, let's just see if we can find somebody young to throw in this position. I mean, I probably should have thrown my name into the hat because I might would have got an audition when I put my beard on. Overall, that's all they were really looking for. That's all so they were looking for. So what you're saying, Jeremy, is these teams are going after uh, – I wouldn't call it 39 million age, but young, younger 
older adults or middle mid thirties white guys with beards as coaches. That's that's yeah. their niche. Okay. That that that's 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 the that's the the lane we're in right now. I mean, I if can you can't it. if you can't and the thing is, obviously there's a lot of coaching changes and things like that. A lot of black coaches got kicked out of the of league this year or got fired. Uh, some of them have had had plenty of time. I thought you know, obviously, uh, Hugh Jackson deserved to probably get fired. Todd Bowles had mm-hmm. a few yep. years there. Uh, Vance Joseph has been there for a while, but the one that really kind of stuck out to me was they fired Steve Wilkes after one year with a rookie quarterback at the helm and not very much talent around him. Like what, like what exactly did you think he was going to do? Like what, 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 what was, was he going to take this team to the playoffs? And the, the thing that they said was, Hey, he doesn't have enough. They they felt like he was in over his head. Maybe he didn't have enough experience. Maybe a little, need a little bit more time at a coordinator position. So instead you go out and hire somebody with even less experience. Who's even younger and done a lot less in football. So overall, uh, I wish this hire took place by Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay hired Bruce Arians with, uh, Todd Bowles is the defensive coordinator. I'm tired of good coordinators and coaches coming into my division. I want to keep Cliff Kingsbury coaching my team, uh, put Dirk Cutter back in at, t- at Tampa Bay. I was hoping so bad that Panthers were going to fire Ron Rivera so you guys get somebody sorry in and not have a competent coach. Uh, but it didn't work out that way. No, it didn't. I'm glad we kept Riverboat Ron on our team for sure. Jared, what do you think about this hire, man? Um I do like I, that is kind of weird, man. It's kind of like this little obsession with the young young coaches with beards, man. It is kind of I'm glad you pointed that so, out, Jeremy. So the, the league is a copycat league, and Sean McVay um is what everybody's looking for because he went to the Rams and he turned around a terrible quarterback who, who they thought was a terrible quarterback, Jared Goff, who recently I've called Jared Goffel, but he looks he, obviously a lot better than he looked at his rookie season under Jeff Fisher. Um Jeff Fisher. How do I feel about this hire? I think Cliff Kingsbury is a, a great offensive mind. Um, he was the offensive coordinator for Johnny Manziel um, for Texas A&M. Um, and even at Texas Tech, he, he's been able to engineer some very good offenses. Um, he's had the number two scoring offense in the country. He's had the number five offensive uh, scoring offense in the country under Mahomes a couple years ago. Um, I mean, he's been able to put together some great offenses. But speaking of offense, this hire is offensive. Um, how do you hire a guy who went 35 and 40 at Texas Tech? He went 35 and 40. And let's put this in perspective. He started his career 7-0. and So literally, he won his first seven games. And from that point forward, went 28 and 40. And it went 5-7 and seven last year. Went six and seven the year before that. Went four and eight the year before that. How do you? I, I'm so tired of young white coaches failing upward. Look, I I hate to to, to always bring this thing back to race, and I, and I try not to do it too often. But look, Steve Sarkeesian was at Washington. He go he goes seven and six, gets the head coaching job at Southern Cal somehow. Gets caught drinking before games, being drunk at games, being drunk at functions. Going to strip clubs during recruiting trips during the day with coaches. Gets fired somehow ends up at Bama as the OC. Coaches one game. They lose. He gets promoted to the to OC on the Atlanta Falcons. Like, and now they're like, oh yeah. Now that he sucked. He clearly showed he wasn't competent to be offensive coordinator. He's getting the OC job for Miami Hurricanes. And now we go to Cliff Kingsbury, a dude who looks just like Ryan Gosling, who admitted that he goes to a lot of recruits' houses and basically flirts with the moms to get them to sign, and he's going to be the head coach of the Cardinals? Now, look, when Jeremy, you brought up Gil Brandt, what Gil Brandt said about he'd be helpful for uh, Josh Rosen, I agree. I think he is going to be helpful for Rosen. He's a great offensive mind. And could they coddle him to make him be a successful head coach? Yes, they could. They could give him a Wade Phillips type of a, a coordinator the same way they did with uh, Sean McVay, and – if they can get the defense to be good because that defense still has talent, Chandler Jones is one of the best edge rushers in, in the league. Patrick Peterson, obviously one of the best cornerbacks in the league. They still have talent on defense. Their defense plays well. If they can get the offense rolling, could he look like a very good coach? Yes. But you know why I dislike this? Because he shouldn't have that opportunity. Black coaches don't get that opportunity. 
You don't give Steve Wilkes, who was the off, a defensive coordinator for the Panthers, left the Panthers, and all of a sudden the Panthers' defense sucked. And then he gets there for a year. Now, Jim, you mentioned they gave him a rookie quarterback. They did it worse than giving him a rookie quarterback. You know what they gave him? They gave him Sam Bradford, $20 million cap hit. They signed Sam Bradford <laughs> to a one-year $20 million deal. So you not only give him a rookie quarterback who ended up starting, but you tied up $20 million in cap space that you could have spent on a receiver, on a tight end, on an <laughs> offensive line so Rosen doesn't get killed. You spend that $20 million on Sam Bradford, and then you fire him a year into the job? Look, man, I'm, I'm, I'm about to lose my voice. I already lost yesterday about how my Clemson dominated. But I'm going to say this, and I'm going to be, be done with it. He better work. And listen, if he goes 4-12 and 12 next year, he got to he, he be out of there. Hey, listen, I don't want to hear, no, we need patience. Nah, I want, I want Steve Wilkes' patience. He better be, if he, if he don't got a winning record, I want him out of there. Because they're not giving these black coaches any of the same lifeline. Jim Caldwell went 9-7, 9-7, got fired from the Lions. He, he got replaced by Patricia from the, from the Patriots. There were reports. He can't even show up to meetings on time. He'd be calling meetings and showing up 30 minutes late. He on the sideline looking like, like he just he just rolled out of bed. And, and they're replacing quality black coaches with guys with little experience who don't do well and they're not held to the same standard. It pisses me off. And I think I'm done talking about it because if not, I'm going to go ahead and start slamming my computer down like it's WWE SmackDown. Great points, man. Great points. Very, uh, very emotional take from you, man. I appreciate that. All right, guys. Like I said, great point from Jared. Um, it's a lot going on, man. A lot, a lot of factors going into these NFL coaching gigs. But let's take a step back. Let's talk about some NBA. Um, it's paying time again for the Lakers. For one point, uh, we were talking about how well they were playing, but now um, LeBron's been out with that growing injury, um, and they're two and five without him. Jeremy, one half of the Laker, you guys, twin Laker little thing you got going on but let's let's start with you man what do you feel about your lakers are they in trouble with uh lebron being out and not being that productive with him off the floor you know what this, this is it's funny to me how this has been coming like the lebron is out and that's why they're losing uh overall if you look rondo was out lebron is out and when they lost those three games straight kuzma was out too like i mean at some point you got you can't lose everybody uh i thought brandon ingram uh, wasn't being aggressive enough. They called him out a couple games after the game before last, and then yesterday he came out and had 29 points. Uh, I hope hopefully he keeps that aggressiveness and starts uh, really putting up some points. I think they can keep this uh, this winning streak, or like you could call it winning streak, winning one game going um, over the next few games. They got a few easy games coming up, but um, I'm not really that concerned as long as, as long as they were able to hold up their end of the bargain and and play around 500 ball. I think they'll be good to make the playoffs whenever LeBron comes back. But um, I, I am starting to be concerned with some of these injuries because, you know, Kuzma had – he came back yesterday, but he looked terrible uh, back in Tuesday. He had to have an MRI, and then LeBron had – you know, everybody was like, oh, man, LeBron's probably going to miss a week too. No, he said he heard a pop. You hear, if you hear a pop, you're not coming back in a week or two. Um, so I think LeBron's probably still got another couple weeks before he'll, he'll come back into the lineup, and then Rondo had another surgery. So uh, overall – a little concerned that they start losing and going more and more streaks, but as long as they kind of stay to the ship, they should be fine. Yeah, I've had that that injury that uh, LeBron's had in the growing. I've had it a couple times, and you literally can't do anything. Um, so, you know, that's something that you have to take your time and make sure that you're 100%. Because you come back on 80% on a bad growing, like, it's just going to keep happening. So, <laughs> yeah. um, it's no telling when he'll be. I'll, I'll probably say he'll probably be out another two to three weeks for sure. Uh, but Jared, what do you feel about your boy LeBron, man? Uh, and, and the two and five, I just feel like people like we're talking about right now and other you know kind of shows talk about it. I, I just feel like they just need to need to talk about something. I w I wouldn't be panicking before All Star break that the Lakers are two and five with the hurt LeBron. That's just I mean I just that I think here, that's here, the thing that concerns me is that right? But yeah, it, it concerns Jared. But it's, let's get into it. The thing that concerns me is not I'm not concerned about the Lakers as a whole. I think regardless if they if, if they lost the rest of the games until LeBron came back, I don't I think LeBron may just have to turn to playoff mode earlier on to get them to the playoffs. But I think they're gonna make the playoffs. My my concern is the development of the team right now. Um I love what I saw from Ingram yesterday. Um but my question is why the hell did did, did Luke Walton have to tell them to be more aggressive? You ain't got nobody else on the doggone team. 
Y'all the only ones on that. It's you and Lonzo. How y'all play the Timberwolves and Lonzo scores zero points and take four shots? You play like 35 minutes. You score four points. You get down 26 to five. So I think at the end of the day, um, I think this is good for them to be able to, to play and get some burn and get some confidence built up. But the thing that concerns me is you got to be able to build up your confidence. And you can't do that unless you start shooting the ball. I like Brandon Ingram when he's aggressive. I think he's not a great three-point shooter, so I think he needs to take less of those and continue to attack the rim. I don't like him playing point guard. I don't think that's the, his best position, even though he, he can play it somewhat. I don't like him at the point guard position. I think it's his best position. I, I, I disagree. I think I, I just I don't think I don't think the team functions well with that. I think what happened was happened recently is they move the ball a ton, they get to the end of the game, then they start going Brandon Ingram ISO playing a point, so he's either initiating the offense or he's scoring. And that, that hasn't worked in the games. Uh, they're two and five right now. I wouldn't be that concerned. The concern, though, is you lose a game to the Knicks. The Knicks hadn't won a game in regulation since November. And then you get beat by the Timberwolves 20, you, know, you, you get beat by 20 something points. Um, I'm glad they won the game versus the Mavs last night. That was a huge win. Um, but if LeBron's out more than another week or so, I would really start getting concerned. Plus, it's about, you got to look at the fact that Rockets, James Harden is, is, is busting dudes. I mean, first off, can I say this real quick? I've not. I was. I could not be happier of the person that James Harden made fall <laughs> than Jamal Murray. Jamal Murray yeah. is the worst. He put dude Jamal Murray the, on uh, a snowboard, bro. <laughs> it's almost like it's almost like uh, yeah, if, if you watch. It's, it's like if you watched. Uh, I I've never seen him, but Mean Girls, whatever it is, and like the main character gets like a pie on her face or something. I don't know if that actually happened, but like imagine like like. Jamal Murray talks more smack than any person on an on 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 a team that didn't make the playoffs last year. And uh Harden's playing well. Boogie comes back next week, the 18th versus the Clippers. So uh the, the teams are only gonna get better. So the Lakers, they can't get too far behind. That's my only concern. Yeah, that's good. That's good points, man. I guess we shall see, man. I I, I don't see the Lakers not making the playoffs this year. Uh, I, I think there's little to no need to, to be worrying right now. Like I said before, we're not even in Charlotte yet for All-Star break. I think, I think you guys got plenty of time to get it together, even though, you know, some teams coming along and starting to play better. Uh, but let's let's get into these picks, man. Uh, quick recap where we are right now. Uh, Jeremy was even for the week, plus 497 again for the season. Uh, Jarrett was even for the week and plus 600 for the season. It's kind of weird the last – the last couple of weeks we got going on and you guys are, you know, kind of staying still. Uh, so it's going to be interesting to see what happens over the next few weeks. But let's start with Jared, man. What, what were your picks this uh, last week? Uh, what'd you do good on? What'd you do bad? And uh, what do you have going into the, 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 the divisional round of the playoffs? So um, I went last week, Texans for a hundred dollars. Uh, it was plus one point or minus one point. Obviously I took the L on that one. I had an L salad sandwich. Um, but came back strong. You had a what? A L salad sandwich. A L salad sandwich. Yep. Ate a couple bites of it. But you know what? I spit it out with that dub sandwich when them charges came back on the Ravens. Uh, and so I ended up even as I, uh, have been for most of the year. And, uh, so still at plus $600, still feeling good about it. Got some good games to bet on this week and I'm ready to make it happen. Okay, short and to the point. JDZ, what you got, brother? Okay, so last week I just bet on two games. The two games I bet on were that the Colts would cover the one point that uh, they had to cover with the Houston Texans, and they covered that easy. And the other game, I bet that the Seattle would cover the one point. And by the time the game kicked off, that spread was up to two and a half points. What happened? The Cowboys won by two. So I lost that game, came out even for the day. But, I mean, let's go and get into the, this, this week. I'm going to be a lot more aggressive uh, this week with my picks, mainly because I trust these games a lot more. All right, fellas. Well, you know, obviously you guys uh, had a, a, a mediocre week from your picks, but what do you guys have going into next week? What are your picks going in? Uh, let's start with Jeremy this time. Okay. Uh, let's get into the week, picks for this week. Overall, uh, there's a few. I'm going to bet on every one of the games this week, just so you guys know. Uh, I'll kind of start from the back and go to the front. Twist. Anyway, Twist. I'm going to start with my boys with the Saints. I'm going to bet for us to cover the eight points. Yes, I think it's a lot. Yes, I think it'll be close to it. 
But I got faith in my boys. We're playing at home. That home field crowd is going to be electric, and I think it's going to be ugly for uh for Nick Foles. Cause I don't. I think he's going to get hit quite a bit. You know, they've been able to protect him some, but they haven't seen that Saints defensive line. So uh, I'm going to go 50 bucks on the Saints for that game. Uh, next game. The Dallas Cowboys plus seven points against the Rams. That just seems like too easy of a spread for me. I'm going to take the Dallas Cowboys. I think the Dallas Cowboys are going to win that game, mainly because with the Rams, if you can stop their run, Jared Goff generally looks terrible. And even though I don't trust Dak Prescott throwing the ball a ton, the Rams' run defense is terrible. And so I expect Ezekiel Elliott to get off and have a lot of yards rushing. So um, I am going to go. Uh, $100 on that game. Um, the next game, I am going to go New England Patriots uh, are favored by four points against the, the Chargers. I'm going to take the Chargers for 50 bucks on that game, um, which brings me to a grand total of $200, and I am going to go okay. the rest of it. Four ni- or the 297 on the Indianapolis Colts plus five points against the Chiefs. I'm telling you, this is the lock of the year. The Chiefs will literally get blown out. This game will not be close. Patrick Mahomes is going to be um, getting ready for the Pro Bowl after this and probably taking the MVP trophy back home with him with this L. So I'm going to go $297 on the Colts. Okay. So let, let me let me go through these real quick. Yeah. So first off, Jeremy, you put money on the Saints to cover eight points, but then said earlier you thought it'd be a single-digit game, which means the only way you can be right is for the Saints to win by nine points. Um, with that being said... <laughs> I said eight to nine points. <laughs> yes. Uh, eight points wouldn't cover, though. It'd be a push. But with that being said, uh, I agree with you on the Colts-Chiefs game. I'm going to give you guys a rare fact. Um, the, the Chiefs have lost six straight home playoff games. The last quarterback to win a home playoff game for the Chiefs was, Damon mentioned him earlier, Joe Montana. (laughs) (laughs) Joe Montana is the last quarterback for the Chiefs to win a home playoff game. That was in 91. (laughs) So uh, I I don't have a lot of confidence in them doing that. Uh, I I will go Colts for $200 at the minus five and a half points, or plus five and a half points Colts. Uh, I'm going to go $100 on the Cowboys plus seven points. Uh, that, That number just seems strange. And I've been calling him Jared Goffle for a long time. And as much as I don't like Dak as a franchise kind of quarterback, like I don't, I don't, I wouldn't give him thirty million a year. At the end of a game, Dak's clutch, and they can run the ball, and that defense can play. Um, I expect it to be a very competitive game. I actually would pick the the Rams to win it, but I think they're going to win it in a very close game. And if you're giving me a full touchdown, I'll take it. Lastly, I'm going to take the Chargers. I'm going to take them for a hundred dollars uh, versus the Patriots. The only thing that makes me nervous about that game is Mike Williams was at the national title game yesterday. Um, I know you live in L.A., but uh, ain't you supposed to be prepping for the doggone uh, New England Patriots? We got to prep at 7 from, from 5 to 10 o'clock. You can't go watch the game. I, I, I agree. I Dang. agree, but the game wasn't Man. in L.A. The game was in Santa Clara, and that's – was that Yeah, like them boys can't hop on a PJ and be there and like – But generally Monday is an off day anyway. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but Monday ain't all day during the playoffs, I don't think. But anyway, either way, because especially when they played on Saturday, uh, no, they played Sunday. You're right. So it, it, either way, like I said, uh, I'm not, I'm not tripping on. I think this, I think the Chargers have uh, more talent than the the Patriots do. Um, I don't trust the receivers of the Patriots, and I love the scheme the Chargers did versus the the Ravens last week. They ran, um, it was 76 percent of their plays. They ran with seven DBs on the field. Um, no other team in the NFL this year ran more than 19 plays in a single game with seven DBs on the field. Um, so they blitzed out of everywhere. Derwin James, his his ability to be versatile because of the fact that Florida State, he played linebacker and defensive end and safety and corner, um, allows him to blitz out of nowhere. And they're super long and rangy. Um, so I expect them to be able to uh, to give some problems to Brady. I got them winning straight up. So my four hundred dollars I got out on this week out of my six hundred that I have uh, that I'm up on the season. I got two hundred on on the Colts over the Chiefs uh, plus five and a half. I got a hundred on the Cowboys plus seven. And I got a hundred on the Chargers plus uh, four. That so you're just gonna is bet- it. You're- so you're just going to bet the same games I bet with $400 so that pretty much you will always end up up at the end of this week. That's very smart. Very smart. 
Jeremy, it's it's a uh, it's only four games. I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. Uh, it, that's hilarious. I think that's all we got, boys. I mean, Jerry obviously on still on a high from last night. I'm hurt from last night, man. I had too many drinks, didn't eat enough, uh, so I'm still trying to recover. But it was a fun night, man. It's one for the books. Yes, Congratulations. sir. Thank you very much. Um, so you know, HBCU national champion A and T, FBS national champion Clemson Tigers. Um, you know, just it's just you know, college. I've been good. I mean, I guess I guess now that I finally paid off Sally May, I guess now they they starting to let my colleges win. I'm feeling good. Hey, JDZ, any last thoughts? Yeah, uh, your Clemson Tigers are big, lucky to big we're weekend for your Yeah, well, well, I'm not concerned with that. That's this this hogwash. We're gonna win those things pretty 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 convincingly. I will tell you this. Hogwash. Uh, yeah, um, Jared. <laughs> I will tell you this: Your Clemson Tigers got lucky that they didn't have to face A and T because I think A and T would have must stomped them. Uh, Aggie pride. <laughs> <laughs> With that being said, uh, as always, we appreciate everybody listening to us. Uh, be sure to follow us on all social media platforms: Facebook, IG, A M I B R O S in this underscore podcast. Um, we appreciate your support, guys. We will holler at y'all next week. We out.